0: Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak.
1: You never listen!
0: It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 153. Brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always... Joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother?
1: Everything is delicious, Mike. Thanks for asking. It's been a, it's been a second since we had a regular intro. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's a great day. It's never You never want to be happy that somebody doesn't have a job anymore,
0: but... Mac <laughs> Hollins, baby. The backpack <laughs> is gone. But Matt Collins released today by the Eagles. They promoted offensive lineman Sua Opeta. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. We tried to look at the phonetics, and the phonetics were bad. We're going to go with Opeta right now. The Eagles also on Monday, they worked out a bunch of players. They tried out Mark and Michelle, who if you remember in the preseason, burned a Dory Jackson for a deep touchdown. Yeah. Uh, A few other guys, wide receiver Darius Jennings, linebackers Emmanuel Beal and Quinton Wuergens, defensive tackle Willie Henry. And quarterback Trevor Williams. It'll be interesting to see with, with this news if they still do decide to go with Michelle. But obviously, the big news right there is the release of Mac Hollins. Ben, I know you are inconsolable right now over this.
1: Joshua Opetta. Yosua. Yosua. Okay. It's a beautiful name at a Weber State, which looks like Weber State, but it's not. It's Weber State, right? Mac Hollins had not caught a football since September. Which, for those of you playing at home, it is December when. <laughs> Dolphins place kicker, uh, whatever the frick his name is, caught a touchdown pass against the Eagles. He had one touchdown catch. He had one catch. All of this is more than Matt Collins has done over the last eight (laughs) weeks of playing wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. There are two Mm -hmm. very important takeaways here. Number one is Carson Walsh, the wide receivers coach who was available for positional coach availability in the middle of the season less than a month ago said that actually when we grade out our players, Mac Hollins grades out very highly and he does exactly what we ask him to do. And he's effective at lining up and he's effective at, at, at blocking false doing He's good at uh, being a gunner on the special teams, whatever he does, what we ask him to do. And he lines up where we like him to line up, which is somehow good. So he actually grades out really well for us a month later. He gets cut. Now, I can demonstrably prove that there's nothing Hollins did between then and now that led for him to be get, to get cut, because he didn't do anything before then, and he didn't do anything since then. So he has done the exact same things. So there's no way you can turn around and say, well, Walsh was correct when he said that, but circumstances have changed because Hollins has been targeted three times since then. So no, okay? Simply no. Which then brings you to the conclusion of if the Eagles front office was unwilling to retain Matt Collins and give him his three offensive snaps per game to save Carson Walsh's face, Carson Walsh probably gone. Eagles have not had the same wide receiver coach in the building since 2016, if memory serves, and they're going to have a new one in 2020. Hmm. You would not embarrass a coach like this when that quote was out there and circulated the way that it did. I don't think you'd embarrass a coach like this. And then retain him the next year. I don't think they... And, and also, there's the whole, like, the wide receivers haven't been playing well thing, which is also part of Carson Walter's job. It's very likely that that Walter's gone next year. So that's the number one thing. Your number two thing, you go when you look at the wide receivers that the Eagles have drafted.
0: I'll run through the list for you. 2010, fifth rounder on Riley Cooper. 2012, sixth rounder on Marvin S- McNutt.
1: McNutt. Love McNutt.
0: 2014, second rounder, Jordan Matthews. In the same year, fourth rounder, Josh Huff. 2015 first round pick on Nelson Aguilar, 2017 fifth round pick on Shelton Gibson, 2017 fourth round pick on Mac Holland, and then the second rounder for JJ Arthago Whiteside this year.
1: Right, and so then now we go and and, and 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 this is worth noting. Both Jordan Matthews and Josh Huff were 20, 2014 selections at the time conceived of as Chip Kelly picks. Right now, Kelly does not rest control of the front office until 2015. He selects Nelson Aguilar in the first round with Landon Collins still on the board. Have I gotten over that yet, Mike? No, I have not gotten over that yet. Thank you for asking. But 2014 with Matthews and Huff, both of those selections, I thought Josh Huff was a third rounder. Anyway, both of those selections were considered Kelly picks. What looking at with Roseman here is Cooper and McNutt. And then Hollins and then White Whiteside. I would argue that Cooper outplayed what you expect from a fifth round pick. I think McNutt was a not good and it was about what you expect from a sixth round pick. Hollins gets cut and now you have our JJ White Whiteside.
0: Yeah. The only before the fourth round pick that you could really attribute to Roseman. This is J.J. Arthega Whiteside. That's it. Right. And as we know, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round picks, these are swings mm-hmm. at the plate. And Matt
1: Collins was drafted to be like it was like was drafted in a large part because he was a valuable special teamer. That's how it was. And he was also supposed to be a deep threat. Now he hasn't been a deep threat. He's been a whatever special teamer. He's been caught, so clearly it doesn't matter that much to the football team. I would like to get ahead of the narrative that this is further <laughs> evidence that Roseman cannot draft and that he can't draft wide receivers. Because while we certainly have not seen a ton of promising thing from J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, you absolutely have to give him more than a year to turn out to be potentially a good player. And then, to me, Jordan Matthews, Josh Huff, and Nelson Aguilar, all of, like, three swings and whiffs were all Kelly picks. So you have Gibson, who you and I never liked that pick, in case anyone yeah. was wondering. Mac Hollins, who clearly was not, did not turn out to be good at the NFL level, dealt with injury. And then you have Ortega-Whiteside. So... I do not think Holland's being bad as a referendum on how he's draft selections. You do have an opportunity to look at the 2017 NFL draft class for the Eagles and say, what were we doing? This is, mm-hmm. uh, we got Derek Wynette in the first round, who on, apparently on third and 10, the Eagles would rather drop him in his own covers than rush him, according to the, uh, according to the <laughs> uh, the uh, tape against the Dolphins. The film. Um, yeah. Then you have in the second round, Cindy Jones the risk the Achilles uh then you have in the third round Rasul Douglas who the Eagles decided to play a ton of press coverage and also not put Rasul Douglas on the field against the Dolphins but anyway cool then you got Matt Collins gone Danelle Pumphrey don't want to talk about it Shelton Gibson gone Nate Gary wish he was gone Elijah Qualls gone Corey Clement injured for the past two years uh their best pick so far from the 2017 class the only player who's received an extension. Was an undrafted free agent who signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Whose name? It's Jake Elliott.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not great. That that is not a great class. And I agree that you can definitely look at that 2017 class and you can you can pick it to shreds, especially now. Like we're in the we're in the third year of Barnett, we're in the third year, of a lot of these players and we're starting to realize, OK, this is who they are kind of dealing with Hollins. It was weird. Hollins had the uh, the injury and that may have taken, you know, some, something out of him. But at the same time, there's there hasn't been any signs that he was going to be anything more than that, unless you're one of those people that constantly refers to the 2017 touchdown catch against the Washington.
1: Remember that play? And you're like, oh, shoot, yeah. back Hollins. All right, cool. And then like you
0: just <laughs> forgot who he play. was
1: the next three years.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that they're going to have to attack. This wide receiver room is going to receive a remake. Nelson Aguilar is not going to be back. They are going to need... A slot guy and, and that's something that we're gonna have to start looking at people that follow me on twitter know that i've been big on texas wide receiver devin duvernay is that how you pronounce yeah, that? it is how
1: you pronounce that and i was big on him first suck it
0: <laughs> devin duvernay who 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 is a slot it's guy not, he, just,
1: no it's not it's not like Lefeuille. it's just duvernay it's not like duvernay
0: i was trying to do the, the french flair to it yeah we do devin duvernay the slot guy built like a rock 210 got track speed Ran four three eight coming out of high school. I'm pretty sure he's more like in the 4-4-5 range, but that is plenty fast. And, hey, when you put on the tape, guy actually tracks and uh, catches the ball. So that might be something enticing for the Eagles. He's going to be at the senior bowl, so we're going to get to see him live. We're going to see a lot of these wide receivers live. It's going to be a very, very good class. And as the Eagles continue to lose more, as we know they lost this week against the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately, 37-31, to 31, their draft pick only gets better unless you believe that the Eagles are going to make a run. And win out this season and somehow sneak into the playoffs because there is a scenario out there, Ben, where the NFC East could be won with six and ten. No, seven. But I think seven and nine is, is well, the, that's
1: the uh That's the Redskins winning out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Redskins can still win this division.
0: It's wide open. Which the is division. It's wide open.
1: Big sad.
0: Uh, ben, anything else before we get on to the film review of the Dolphins and the Eagles?
1: Mark and Michelle? Yeah. No. But that'd be yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. But I no. I All right. Let's
1: let's just Arthur Whiteside, Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey. Stick with it.
0: Can we stick with a receiver rotation, get some continuity this season? And you'd be great for Carson Wentz. Speaking of Carson Wentz, you know, you watch this film and and you see some of the things out there. Baldy tweets one clip out of one misread, and then you go through. Oh, don't even talk
1: to me about that clip.
0: Brother, there are 50 dropbacks. He finds the one. And that is the only one that he tweets about. I watched all all, all the passing plays. That was the one where you could go, yeah, he missed a guy. The one out of 50. Everything else, and I mean, you can go to next-gen stats for this, but he ranked third in aggressiveness on the week at 26%, which is... Pretty doggone high because a lot of the windows he was thrown into, very, very tight windows. And for the most part, I thought Carson acquitted himself. Well, there was some good. There was some always uh, some some bad mixed in. There were a couple overthrows in there, you know, that everybody's going to make a big deal out of the swing to the flat to Aglor and then the one over the middle as well. But like he threw some beauties and and there were some real serious butterfly effects happening with guys dropping balls, Ertz, you know, at, towards the goal line and then in the end zone as well. And what happened? After that, I think there was one sack I thought he, uh, Wentz could have thrown it away on. Uh, these are all up on my timeline, by the way, if you want to see further analysis on this. But right. overall, I mean, Carson Wentz through three different touchdowns to three different, three different targets. Could have had four if it's not ripped out by Eric Rowe at the end there. And then takes a sack after that. You have to take the field goal, so on and so forth. But this tape for me, the fact that you have to find like really seek out to find one play where there was a missed read. I think really shows you the bigger problem with what I saw with this offense was, number one, all the throws, the majority of them were tight window throws. There was very little separation. There's very little scheming guys wide open like you see with some other teams. It's just it's it's a reoccurring issue with them. Again, we can rank problems, quote unquote, with the offense. We know who the problem is. We know who it's not with this offense right now in this game was not Carson Wentz. Uh, There could have been more points put up on the board. Overall, disappointed that the offense in the second half couldn't convert some of these chances into scores. But when you watch the film, I mean, the offensive line did its job. And and people are arguing for more running plays. Brother, 49% success rate through the air. EPA of 0.28 per play for Carson Wentz. Negative EPA per running play for the Eagles in this game. 26% success rate. So, you want to do more of the thing that was less effective. I kind of have an issue with that. Now, I understand situationally and whatnot, but that 14 point lead wasn't forever because the Dolphins scored on five straight drives. A very limited sample where you go, oh, they probably should have ran the ball there. What difference does it make? I don't think it makes a whole lot. So I think a lot of that is overblown. Some of the stats out there are Carson Wentz is 2 and 15 when he throws over 40 times. Well, what about when he throws 39 times? Like all these weird arbitrarily picked like, oh, we set the threshold at 40, but not 39. And that you know takes away three wins and we can make it look like this. Like that's all dumb. That's not useful to me. You put on the film, you see that Carson had a good game. You see that the offense still has some issues, but they got some good performances from some guys like Alshon Jeffrey, from Dallas Goddard from the offensive line, which is a good sign. It was a bit of a get right game for them overall with some key mistakes. And that's basically what I saw when I watched the film. What about you, Ben?
1: There's a lot that you went over. I want to <laughs> walk it back to quarter three, one ten, which is the baldy play. Mm -hmm. This is, if you remember, it was the play where Carson Wentz just spiked the ball at the floor of Alston Jeffries' feet. Everyone was like, or I think the the, the announcer was like, he was actually just throwing this away because it was a busted play. And then you watch it on the replay and Nelson Aguilar was like wide open streaking down the field. Well, let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Let us converse. Firstly, the Eagles initially start with an unbalanced set. Four players to the field side, which is to Carson Wentz's left. That will be important. Uh, He switches Sanders over to his right side before the snap. And then it's a sprint out design to Carson's left, which already is weird because Carson's a right-handed quarterback. And when you sprint out left, your right shoulder is going to be forward. It's going to be towards the passing concept. So in order for you to throw, you're going to have to stop your momentum, flip your hips so that you can get your right arm back so that you can then release this football up the field. So normally you don't sprint out right-handed quarterbacks to the left in general. That just doesn't make a ton of sense okay so that's number one number two this is a three-level flood concept you're gonna have J.J. I think a Whiteside coming from the weak side he's gonna be the 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 crosser Nelson Aguilar from the slot is streaking down the field on what we would call the flag route and then mm-hmm. uh Alshon Jeffrey runs this quick little five-step hitch route right Alshon comes off the line against off coverage it looks like at the snap 24 who's on Alshon that's Ryan Lewis who was ex-Eagle, it looks like he's going to bail and cover three. That's how this looks at the snap. And then as Alshon comes towards him, he flips his hips and he starts playing with inside leverage, which is weird because he has inside help. Now this is a look of cover one man. This looks like man coverage, right? And if you look at Lewis, Lewis, after he flips his hips, sees Alshon stop, he turns around, he sees Aguilar crossing deep into his er deep area of the field. And he's kind of like, Uh, (laughs) you can see there's a moment where he's like, shoot, like, I'm not where I should be because he's, from what I understand of the Dolphins coverage, supposed to be sinking and he's not. Meanwhile, Alshon, who like ran towards Lewis, turns around and stops. Alshon Mm. does not think he's going to be targeted on this play. Okay, so this is all we get from the, the sideline angle. Now we go to the end zone angle. Here's Carson. Carson's reading this flow, right? He gets a, 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 a ton of underneath zones pushing in the sprint out direction. He has one underneath route to go for. Alshon, he turns his hips. It looks like Alshon's going to uncover. He throws it, spikes into the ground four yards in front of Alshon. If Alshon had to come diving, like s- sprinting back for this football, he would have caught it and it would have been one yard beyond the line of scrimmage.
0: Hmm.
1: All of this going to say, I have no idea what happened on this football play. No yeah. clue. I
0: don't know what the sprint out are.
1: design makes no sense to me. Yeah. Route yep. distribution makes no sense to me, especially with Alshon apparently not knowing he's the primary because it's going to take a while for Aglo to get to the flag. It's going to take a while for, for our thing, white side to get there on the cross. If you're running, if you're uh, running a flood like this, he's going to be typically your first read. And maybe it's Aglo is going to be your first read, but that doesn't seem to be the case in this context. Cause, Wentz looks right at Alshon. Meanwhile, I think the Dolphins bust the coverage. I mean, very glad somebody should have been on Nelson Aguilar and they weren't. I think it's Ryan Lewis, and he's the one who ends up on Alshon anyway. To draw any conclusion from this play beyond somebody was confused is bad analysis. It's bad analysis. Yeah, I agree. Because you cannot claim to know what's happening here. Because the coverage doesn't make sense for the route concept. The route concept doesn't make sense for the quarterback, and the quarterback doesn't make sense for the, the coverage. Nobody yeah. is doing things that make sense here. This is a, conv- <laughs> and, and and I remember, uh, if you go to the broadcast copy, you can see this. After the play, Carson looks at Alshon and kind of, like, sticks his hand out, and, like, you know, like, does, like, a little, like, like push, a mo- little pulse, like, when you want to say, like, hey, slow down, slow down. Like, it's, like, a little, like, I, that was weird. Like, I, I messed up. Like, that was, <laughs> don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that hand motion.
0: Like, I junked it, like, because this, this right, was all like, weird. Like, I don't even know what that was.
1: I don't know why, like, why, why are you trying to claim you understand something here? There's so much interesting stuff to understand across the course of a football game. Yes. Don't argue that you know what this is. And it's Because wha- and you it's- don't. I really don't believe you do. And I'm sorry. But I don't. And that's why it's very frustrating because that clip gets on the timeline before all the other clips get on the timeline because Baldi has the access to all 22 that we all don't. And that sort of analysis that gets out there, and it's bad analysis. You go to quarter one. No, no, no. Yes, quarter one. I think it's the second drive. Uh, This is the Carson Wentz incompletion that, that is broken up by Christian Wilkins, right? Yes. Second drive, first play. First and 10, Miami 48, 11-20 in the first quarter. Miami ends up in drop eight against empty, which is a nice look. I really like the fact that they do that because they know yeah. that out of this empty, the Eagles might be looking for a quick sit route across the middle of the field. Christian Wilkins sinks directly underneath Greg Ward's little seven-yard hitch. Carson tries to throw a backside off of Christian Wilkins. He's unable to do so. Christian Wilkins turns around, makes a nice play, pass breakup, right? This is drop eight. You don't typically see drop eight in the league it's an irregular coverage and it's a tough thing to adjust to as a quarterback because you're not keyed hey make sure you watch this defensive tackle to see if he drops you know what I mean like once Carson reads the leverage of the linebacker he's like All right, I'm going to Greg war with this football and he doesn't Baldy could have made the exact same points he wanted to make yeah on this play right but it's not nearly as like oh look at the wide open no snack or streaking down the field so it's just annoying and it pisses me off and I'm sorry but it does.
0: You know what's what's funny about that one too is they dropped they dropped Wilkins in another case, too. That was the mesh sit wheel that Carson Wentz read to Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey was on the sit. Wentz saw the fact that that Wilkins was dropping. So he was able to correct that error later on in the game. One play that I did want to talk about, and I think you you make <laughs> Fantastic points to the fact that we're, we're talking about this play. I mean, people tell on themselves. They really, really tell on themselves, especially on the timeline, because you can go through the people that are like heavily critical of Wentz, and Baldy has been incredibly critical of Wentz, showing examples and then saying, okay, well, this needs to get fixed. When it gets fixed, does he tweet it out? No. And the people that have been critical of, of Carson Wentz in the Philadelphia media, these are the only things that they're paying attention to, which is wild to me because that's just a, a narrow way to view the game. Because you can go to – I mean, go to 14 minutes left in the first quarter. This is this is the first touchdown here. The same kind of deal that someone said on that fourth and two to J-Jaw was like a perfect example of why Wentz is struggling when it was not even the right conversation to have. Third and seven from the Miami 15. You're going to get motion from Greg Ward from the slot. Guy's going to follow him, so they're indicating man coverage here. On the bottom of the screen, you're going to get a switch release with Nelson Aguilar trying to basically rub his guy for Alshon Jeffrey, but the corner plays over top of it. Wentz reads this. His eyes come to the middle. He sees that he's got nothing going on there. And then, boom, he's all the way over to the left. This is a full field progression. What happens is... Sanders check releases. So when he check releases, the guy who's supposed to have him in man coverage, number 41, uh, I think it's Montre Hartage. Yeah, Montre
1: Hartage out of Northwestern.
0: Sanders looks like he's about to block. Hartage goes, okay, well, now I'm going to cut this crosser and help my guy out. But Sanders releases late. Wentz reads right, middle, left. Boom. Balls out on Sanders sped up through his progressions from what we've seen before in specific areas really good by Wentz and overall I thought you saw a lot of very good throws and very good processes from Wentz and I'm, I'm just I, I I can't get on the train we we criticize Wentz to death about the, the Seahawks game even with the context involved he was still not very good we criticized him to death for the Patriots game and rightfully so if you're really trying to pick this game apart you have a serious agenda and you are telling on yourself. That's how I see it.
1: Right. I thought he was shaky in the first couple of drives, to be yeah. honest. I thought it, it was he, he
0: missed uh Aguilar on the sit route. That was one. Yeah, yeah, the
1: second and five throw, right, and then the third and five to Greg Ward as well wasn't great. And then I thought he settled mm-hmm. in pretty nicely. Um mm-hmm. I think one thing that like I would want to ask is like we're told he has a ton of autonomy at the line of scrimmage, and I I do buy that. I do too they in when in key late downs right like uh I'm trying to find the third down I believe it was in the third quarter in key late downs when it's like you know just pure like it's like like you know he's got one read to Alshon stuff mm-hmm. I always I always want to know like can he check out of this because I wouldn't like I don't love Carson through progressions. Like everybody knows that I'm, I I think that he has footwork problems. And then that's what on that third and five, that's what I'm talking about, right? Where he, he escapes out of the pocket, the complete wrong direction. Cause I don't think he's doing a good job reading and understanding where he's supposed to be, whatever. But on some of the stuff that's like late, uh, like late down, like one read the fade balls to Alshon, right? They're looking for him deep. I, I wonder why he's like, you're, this is like protective stuff you know what i mean it's not giving him i think the full range of what he should be capable of reading and allowed to do and allowed to process so on and so forth so that's where i would kind of like okay he's got an atomic line of scrimmage yeah what if, like on long and late downs can we get him like some some concepts with like some uh, high low reads and some you know like i remember when that deep dig opened up in the fourth quarter it was super yeah. late it was when it was like garbage time drive 20 yeah
0: 27 yards to uh alshon yeah
1: Right, which is the opening drive uh three thirty seven left. Eagles are down by nine. You get a nice deep dig against cover three. Like,
0: let's let's do a little bit
1: more of that. But then I feel like they probably don't have a, a lot of wide receivers they want to be putting down in that area, probably. They don't want to be running three wide receivers deep to open that up. You don't trust their offensive line to protect them. I don't know, right? So it's it's that's that's my kind of question where I like, you know, Wednesday progressions. Good. Why doesn't he get more reps that have more progressions to them? And obviously, I think that the answer you get thrown back is, "Well, we like our ability to scheme pre-snap to get guys in one-on-one situations." And like, yeah, you should, and yeah, you do, and yeah, you win with that in a lot of ways. So I think there's probably some more balance to be found there. It's also worth noting that like, yeah, you 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 win your one-on-one matchups, but right now your one-on-one players aren't that great. There's Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you want players who win one-on-one matchups? Let's get some better route runners. Let's get some shiftier guys up in there, right? So, and that's oh, where yeah.
0: these butterfly effects happen. I mean, you, you can go to what was it, the second and seven that that Ertz dropped, where you know went to the right in the eyes, that causes a butterfly butterfly effect is on third and seven. He gets to the top of the drop, nobody's open, he tries to to scramble to the to the flow of the routes, and there's a looper that nobody picks up, and he takes a sack, and then they miss a field goal. You know, the, there is the issue of Zachary's getting the ball ripped out by, by Rowe, and then he takes a sack right after that. There's weird butterfly effects that happen with this offense, because number one, you know, they aren't scheming guys wide open, like you mentioned with the Alshon one, that's just not really happening during the course of a game if it's not you know, a comeback type of thing where they're playing soft coverage. Guys just aren't getting separation. The thing that frustrates me most is I would love to have this discussion about Carson Wentz, and I've been having it on my timeline and having a good time with people and placing blame where where I think it should be and, and brushing past things I think it shouldn't be. The conversation is so distorted with nonsense. And I think that's one of the things that we try to combat on here. But I've gone on and on about that uh, already. Overall, you know, you you look at some of the rest of the game. uh, Sanders was all right. I mean, I really like some of the Wham concepts that they used with him. They used them in the first quarter, third quarter as well. Uh, I I thought those were solid. Ajayi looks like he uh, lost a step for sure. Offensive line, I thought, did a pretty doggone good job. Did you see anybody stand out from the offensive line or any other performances that you wanted to touch on, Ben?
1: Yeah, Sam Malu, better bounce back performance. Although it's been worse the past couple weeks, I think it's a good opportunity for a get right game when you play a bunch of linebackers. I don't really know. Uh, in the Miami <laughs> he Dolphins. looked great
0: pulling, looked fantastic pulling that
1: holding. He got called on had me big heated. I watched that I like know. five different times. I'm trying to figure out my man. Like he he ragged all the linebacker. You can't penalize yep. him for that. That's what he's supposed to do. Um, <laughs> I do want to bring up uh so offensive line like you said. I want to bring up with uh, uh Lane Johnson back. Against the Seahawks with no Lane Johnson, we asked where zone windback went, which if you're a listener of the show and you remember, uh, zone windback is when the Eagles have the back offset to the quarterback's right, so he's behind Lane, he's behind Brooks, and then instead of having uh, Lane try to seal off the backside defensive end and having Brandon Brooks climb to the second level and reach that weak side linebacker, so as to seal them off from the front side of the play, the Eagles have Lane and Brooks double-team the weak side defensive tackle, defensive end, and then climb up to the linebacker and seal him off from the back side of the play, and so the back, while it looks like inside zone, is the ability to work back to the back side and potentially hit up more space. Zone linebacker was gone with Brooks, with, with Lane out, it came right back with Lane in. They did not trust Dillard to do it. And then with Pryor and Vitai in there, they did it a bit, but not really. With yeah. Lane, it came back right away. Uh, so that's yep. clearly a concept where they really like Lane's movement skills plus Brooks' size to win that double team from the, you know, the, the three tech up to the weak side So That's really nice uh, to see that returns. That's offensive line. Earth's clearly not 100%. Uh, you can see he's not moving nearly as quick. He had the stumble, he had the drop, but like, he just was hurting. Like you, like, you know, we forget this, but like, Players are not at one hundred percent all of the time, so he was in pain. And then Alshon, he's a good football player. It's just good. Like like I've I've been seeing on the on the the timeline, you know, uh, after the Mac Collins cut. Oh, well, if the Eagles get rid of Alshon, they'll have no uh, receivers left from the twenty seventeen Super Bowl season. I, I I really I I don't know why you would get rid of Alshon. This is a good football player. Firstly, he's got a ton of dead cap.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's restrictive already.
1: Yes, but secondly, this is this is this is a good player. I, you want Alshon Jeffrey on your football team? He's really good. He's really useful. He's great in a vertical third. He wins on slants. He wins with sides. He's got insane hands away from his frame. I mean, this is a this is a good football player. He's not athletically what he once was. Yeah. Let's not ne- let's never forget like when Alshon was was. Um, let go by the bears right and he had some some uh suspension concerns and some injury concerns so a, a one-year 14 million dollar deal for philadelphia alshon 6'3 220 out of out of chicago i mean he was guys like this didn't hit the market like this was so good and then the athleticism is being sapped. he's going to turn 30 next year he's not athletically, athletically what, he, what he once was He's still long. He's still got great hands. He's still a smart route runner, even though he's not a quick route runner, and he wins in contested situations. You absolutely not only want a guy like Alshon on your team. You like to have him on your team. You 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 target him. You continue to use him. Now you 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 need other players, but this this like it's not hard to tell if Carson Wentz is the problem or not. It's not hard to tell that Alshon's not the problem with the team. This is, you know, trying <laughs> right. to think things out the way they shouldn't be. So yeah. Alshon had a really strong game back from injury, which was necessary. Aguilar also had like a pretty decent game, which is fun. Um, but, you know,
0: whatever. We said he was competent on the uh, the reaction pod. I feel pretty good about that after watching the film again. That's always a plus to have competency out of a $9.4 million player. Of course, I say that a little bit sarcastically. But, I mean, really, because we know what we've gotten from him before, in the season this was much better from him the bar was set pretty low but here we are all right when we come back here on the so and So-like show we're gonna flip sides we're gonna to go to the defensive side of the ball that's coming up next that's coming up right after this
1: that's coming up after this here it that comes right now
0: right now
1: <laughs> because we're done talking which means it's the commercial
0: this is the break coming you're gonna hear the break next to be aware we are back here on The Kist and Solak Show, episode 153. SP Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, we are flipping sides in this film review of the Eagles' ugly 37-31 to loss to the Miami Dolphins. So let's talk about the defense that, as we've already said, gave up five consecutive touchdown drives. Man, when I watched the film, like... It's weird because there's this conversation that that Jim Schwartz you know didn't help out his corners. I thought there were cases where they ran cover too. They mixed yeah. in some cloud. They had quarters. I'd
1: like to cut, get right in front of it and say like I was very like mad at Jimbo, and then I watched the film, and I'm still pretty mad at Jimbo.
0: But you know,
1: I'm less. It mad. was less Schwartz and more oh, those corners, Avante Maddox, <sighs> Jalen Mills, Rasul Douglas. Bad. I'm here to tell you. And Nobody had a good day against nope.
0: Miami. Jalen Mills recorded his second under forty grade from PFF in in two weeks, along with Nick Gary, by the way. But his second grade under forty from PFF, and let me tell you, the film matches because this guy, and I put this on the timeline, he has problems turning around, which is which is a big issue. I mean, you can even go to let's see here. Let me bring up a film example here: the fourth and four first quarter three fourteen. Darby gets beat here in a contested catch situation. He goes up for the ball, doesn't get a piece. Parker comes down with it, ends up scoring a touchdown. Look on the other side. Mills gets torched. You could say that Fitzpatrick missed this read. This is so wide open down the middle of the field. Mills cannot run with this dude. We see it over and over and over again. He cannot run with guys. This is what we've been saying. And like I said on the, on, the, on the podcast and on Twitter, the only difference in this game from the other games when the defense performed well and when people thought that Jalen Mills performed well is the quarterback put the ball a position for the wide receiver to catch it and the wide receiver caught it. Period. End of story. He is bad. Do not extend him. Do not think that he is a starting quarterback. Done. Done with it. I mean, if you can't look at this game and see that, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It was a it was a bad performance by him, and like you said, Maddox had a bad game. Darby is not without blame. Mills got beat to death, like clubbed with an office putter to death in this game.
1: It was bad. My uh, my favorite sequence, easily of just the entire football game, was in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Dolphins. This is their uh, penultimate go ahead drive. Twelve thirty six. Third and four. Jalen mills tracking alan hearns across the formation in man coverage mm-hmm. uh fitzpatrick drops back the eagles are playing two man so he immediately just says oh, i'm just gonna take the one-on-one coverage with mills he's kind of bad uh throws it up there i mean mills is all over hearns he has great coverage but because he doesn't locate the ball quickly and he's too physical he gets called for pass interference he thinks it's ridiculous it's not next play Jalen Mills isolated on the left side. Eagles are showing single high at the snap. It looks like they are in uh, cover one. They're in man. So Ryan Fitzpatrick says, okay, I'm going to throw it at Jalen Mills. He's kind of bad. Devontae Parker is the guy this time. He easily smokes Mills off of press. He stacks him downfield because Mills is not fast. Fitzpatrick hits him in stride. That is a 34-yard completion. So, so far, Mills has given up a third down with the DPI and given up a 34-yard completion to his own 15-yard line. On the next play... Eagles show cover zero they're in man coverage Ryan Fedrick says hey you know what I'm going to target Jalen Mills this time Mills is in off coverage he's in soft coverage he knows the fade route is coming it comes Mills is in a great position to play it he plays it nicely it's incomplete then he gets up and he celebrates Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Jalen, 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 Jalen. Like people, people always say, like, listen. And I've, I've said this too. Like, it's important for your corners to have a short memory. It's important for your corners to be confident players because you're gonna get burned at that position. But my brother,
0: one hundred, you have
1: single handedly, single handedly <laughs> given up fifty yep. yards
0: in the last two plays. What are you doing? They're like this scenario type deal is the one that made me snap, slam my desk. Writing an article saying that Mills needed to be benched after the Vikings game when he got burned by Adam Thielen on a double move. Yeah. And then, and then made, then made a play in the red zone. Brother, you're why we're there. You're the whole reason why we're, you have no reason to celebrate. What you only got a personal foul for it? I lost my crap over that one. This one, like you could, that couldn't have been an easier play for you. What about the the two plays before that, man? And and like I said, the guy can't turn. Look at the look at the 34 yard completion to to Parker. Look at him look at that body position. He's leaning back. He's sitting in a chair. What are you What are you doing? Why Why not just have this guy half turn and run? Because he obviously can't do it from his his shoulder squared.
1: Right. He can't. Well, if you put him in a half turn, they're going to complete. 12 yard hitches on him the whole game you know I'd like whenever, whenever whenever like uh, there was a there was True. a drive where they were up against their own goal line to start i think it was in the second quarter where, I mean, Fitzpatrick just got himself breathing room right away because the Eagles Mm were in off-coverage on the outside, and he just took a six-yard hitch. I mean, they motioned Miles Gaskin out, got Camus on him one-on-one, got out off-coverage from Camus, six-yard hitch. I mean, this is why, like, if you're just willing to throw against Philadelphia, you're going to score 30 points, is what we say, right? Right. It's It's a great example. Like, so this, to me, this felt very much like one of those games early in the season where everybody was like, where is the pass rush? And it's like, the pass rush is waiting for anybody to cover anybody. Yep. Because the Eagles demolished the Dolphins' offensive line exactly as they were supposed to. Fletcher Cox ate the whole day long. Both Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat had plus games. Timothy Jernigan Jernigan had the best game he's had in a long time, which healthy Jernigan is a big deal.
0: Healthy is a for really, really good player. Pass game, run game. He was right. balling, dude. Big time. And then
1: Brandon Graham and Vinnie Curry were like fine, but like in, in that they were fine. They had multiple pressures. So just killing people. Uh uh second quarter, eight seventeen. It's third and seven from the Philadelphia 14. The Eagles have given up a third and thirteen uh, already on this drive. Uh 42 yard deep bomb to Devontae Parker. Uh, they have to get off the field here to only give up a three instead of a seven. At the snap, looks like we have some sort of match zone coverage, or excuse me, man match coverage. We get man coverage successfully on every single man who releases into the concept, except Devonte Maddox and Jalen Mills are confused against a bunch set. So initially, initially you have Mike Gasicki flex to the outside, clear Jalen Mills is on him, then Gasicki motions into a bunch set. Philadelphia is not good at exchanging routes. They get confused in the secondary. Happened multiple times against Miami. It's happened multiple times all season. This idea of motioning guys, making them from the number one to the number three, motioning into a bunch, it's a great idea. So Maddox and Mills are unable to navigate this set. They're unable to navigate this stack. Both of them go with the same player down the field. Fitzpatrick gets a free nine-yard completion on third and seven. It is first and goal from the five. Derek Barnett (laughs)
0: destroys,
1: I believe it's Julianne Davenport just kills him right I mean like just ducks right around him he's Mm -hmm. not only gonna put Ryan Fitzpatrick in the dirt he's probably gonna strip this football
0: if you pause this at the right moment it actually looks like Derek Barnett's hand is on the ball
1: right which like it's it's literally this needs to be an extra half second it just needs to be one of Maddox or Mills understanding where they're supposed to go or recovering faster neither one is able to and it's a first down this I can't like 85 different times not really Four different times you you lost, you gave up a first down instead of a sack because you were unable to just handle man coverage, you were able to just connect to every single route in, in the formation. The Eagles, once again, significantly, massively struggled with communication in the secondary. There's a clip up in my timeline seven and a half minutes to go, still down by one possession, third and ten. The Eagles, uh, it's two personnel. It's O two personnel. So no backs, two tight ends, then three receivers. The uh Dolphins are an empty. Nigel Bradham, Rodney McLeod, and, and uh Ronald Darby cannot get on the same page as to who should be covering who. Darby signals for a timeout from the side judge, doesn't get it. McLeod turns all the way around to the back judge, signals for a timeout, doesn't get it. Neither of them, they both pulled off the signal before the snap, but not, the refs don't blow the play dead. I'd like an explanation on that a little bit. Um, and then the Dolphins run a three-man concept and convert a first down on third and ten. This is secondary, can't get their head screwed on straight. Mm-hmm. You, you, can't play, you can't play straight man <laughs> because you don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah. And then you can't play anything more complex than that because your secondary can't pull it off. It's bad mm-hmm. coaching, bad talent, bad execution. This is what it looks like. So, right, so uh, a little bit of forgiveness, a little bit of
0: amnesty uh, for Jim Schwartz, who was limited in what he could do, certainly. And he did try different things. It was just the high leverage examples of when they had one-on-one. Fitzpatrick's taking it every time. And at some point, you're going to have to play one-on-one. I don't care what your base defense is guys just have to get the job done they can't and the pass rush can't get there because look we, we talked about it coming into it week two against the eagles last year Let, let's let's compare stats Fitzpatrick was under pressure 37 percent of the time last year 40 percent of the time this year they actually got after him a little bit more when we had that same conversation Fitzpatrick's time to throw was 2.21 last year his time to throw this year was 2.31 very very fast lightning fast that's a fast release time the percentage of throws he had in less than 2.5 seconds last year 66% this year 58% i mean it all it all it I, all lines up this is this is who he was how do you and that's and that's kind of where i take issue with it too like man like how do you let, let the same guy the same up and down quarterback journeyman quarterback beat you the same freaking way and how do you make devonte parker look like a, a all pro hall of famer unbelievable
1: well this this all right, and this and a final note on that from like a theory perspective yeah you know i go back to to the tweet that i never should have sent which was hey the dolphins are going heavy and they're trying to run the football and they should stop and they should go spread and, and go empty and just try to quick <laughs> pass it in one three-step reads because exactly what they did and they scored 37 points whatever on the eagles there's a a, a, a misconstruance. there's a confusion in the presentation of time to throw and the mm-hmm. understanding of the quick game. Yeah. If you can take a snap from under center, or excuse me, from under the gun, three step drop and hitch, you can throw the ball 20 yards down the field. Yep. And if you don't believe me, you should watch what the Dolphins did <laughs> anytime they wanted to go deep against the Eagles.
0: Exactly. Because
1: the, so that's why like oh, you know, well the Eagles don't lose to the quick game. They do. The quick game is not the short game. These are not the same things. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you're able to get rid of the ball insanely quickly on nine routes, on flag routes. There was the 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 Mike Asiki pass. I believe it was in the uh the third quarter. Let me see if I can find it. I believe it was their opening play of the third quarter. That's 11 yards. That's ah, right. second play. 11-12 in the third quarter.
0: I thought you were going to go 11-44 where uh, Gary got sucked up and uh, totally forgot he had flat responsibility. But go ahead. Is,
1: uh, the Eagles linebackers having no idea what to do against play action flow is not <laughs> a new thing to talk about, Mike. Uh, yeah, e-
0: exactly. Go ahead. At
1: the snap, firstly we have Ronnie McLeod 19 yards off the football, just in case. You never know. You know, to this way, to what? Discourage the deep pass, apparently. Uh, yeah. So he's 19 yards off. The uh, the Dolphins are in empty. Malcolm Jenkins is over Mike Gasicki at, at the snap. Gasicki gets a good release on Jenkins. Uh, yeah. uh, under, again, shotgun snap. It's a three-step drop for Fitzpatrick. All he sees is Gasicki get a good release on Jenkins, and he just hangs up a flag route. He hangs up an eight route, corner route, up there for Gasicki to go win over Malcolm Jenkins, who's in bail technique, who's going to have to play with his back to the football because he got beat off the line. He gets... Fitzpatrick puts in a good spot. I think he makes a good play. It's so a 21-yard completion. Fitzpatrick held the ball for 1.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Eagles ran a, a double tech stunt, or excuse me, a double ET stunt, and had pressure with literally three players: mm-hmm. Vinny Curry, Timmy Jordan, and Fletcher Cox. All converge on Ryan Fitzpatrick. You cannot get better pressure than you did on this play with four. But because the Eagles are incapable of covering with seven, 21-yard completion. Right. And this is and this is not sitting in the pocket. This is when I hit the top of my drop, I see a player with leverage downfield and I throw him open.
0: Put a little loft on it. You're good.
1: I don't like what if you can't take this away, teams will take it every single time. That's what the Dolphins did. Every third down, every fourth down. Let's just take a leverage throw man on man and try to get it. They didn't lose a single one. So, I mean, (laughs) like you're not if if a team is willing to throw the football against the Eagles, going to give up 30.
0: Yeah, that play I just mentioned that 1144 where Gary just completely forgets he's got Mills gets sucked up too. Mills gets beat deep. Fitzpatrick misses him.
1: <laughs> Just, there's
0: so many different issues. I mean, and, and, and it's and it started really well. You had the interception to start with. Right after that, I mean Jernigan started to flash after that, had a nice run stop. The uh the the three man stunt, first quarter twelve thirty one. Where where Sweat's working the outside too, great hand usage, all that stuff. He splits the sack with Cox. Everything's looking fantastic. But there were warning signs. 1006, they bust the coverage. And the only reason they didn't pay for that is because Josh Sweat and Timmy Jernigan got really fast pressure and they got in there. I mean, if you if you can't tell me that you watch this defensive line and just watch the defensive line, you can't tell me that Fletcher isn't whooping somebody's butt. You can't tell me that Timmy Jernigan isn't whooping somebody's butt. Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham had a decent day. These the defensive line. Definitely not the problem, but we don't have to tell you that. When we saw what six, seven cases of extreme mossing, like these quarterbacks, not only did they get mossed, they should like go out to the forest and let the moss reclaim them before 2020 hits, because it's not the group that we can roll out next year. And I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping that at least there's going to be somebody salvageable out of this group. Maybe it's Craven LeBlanc. Maybe it's Avante Maddox who has regressed this year, taking another step up. We, I, I don't know how many positional coaches are safe on the Eagles right now. And maybe maybe that's f- something that we can end on. Because I think it's obviously Deuce Daly, I think, is safe. Jeff Stoutland, Justin Peel, the, the tight end coach. So the defensive line coach, Philip Daniels, is another one I think is is probably safe. But Ken Flajoli, the, the linebacker coach. Corey Unlin, the DB coach. Carson Walsh has got to be gone. I mean, he could be fired by the time we're done with this. You just got to
1: put Jeff Stoutland in charge of everything.
0: Make the whole playing out of Jeff Stoutland, like we said. And then the offense coordinator, Mike Rowe, he ain't safe. Jim Schwartz might have coached himself out of a job. And now you got Ron Rivera on the market because the Panthers just fired Ron Rivera as a head coach. And you wonder, hmm, who knows how to protect his cornerbacks? Who knows how to make Josh Norman look like a really, really good cornerback when he is, in fact, not? Mm -hmm. Well, Ron Rivera does. So maybe that's right. a possibility.
1: How bananas are we all going to go when they promote uh, G.J. Kinney to offensive coordinator next year?
0: Press Taylor. Like, no, brother, I'll I'll lose whatever level. Like you. Maybe Mike Kafka. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer at offensive coordinator right, right now. Steal
1: Kafka. Put him at, uh, is Kafka <laughs> offensive coordinator? No, he's quarterback's coach because enemy is offensive coordinator there in Kansas City.
0: Um, Bring <laughs> us Kafka. Barbie Every Kafka.
1: ex-Eagles quarterback you can find. Josh McCown is QB's coach.
0: I know nothing about his coaching chops, but he's not Mike Groh, and he yeah. wasn't hired by his dad and then fired by his dad, which already puts you a step above. That's where we're at right now. Ben, anything else before we get out of here on this, God, depressing film review show? We're sorry for being so negative and uh, and angry about this, but, you know.
1: If it makes you feel any better, I think they're going to be the pants off the Giants. So, yeah, that'll be fun.
0: I already did some advanced prep on the Giants, and uh, their offense is... I don't know. It's it, it's pretty bad when I can predict whether it's run or pass 87% of the time in the first half, like I did the second game that I watched them. Such a bland, obvious offense, such a disconnect between their passing and run game. They have some tells, too. Anyway, Ben, we'll get into that later on this week. Do the thing.
1: Oh, usually <laughs> you ask is. me if I have anything else, but really, you just kind of steamrolled you, over that and just told me just to dismiss... Thank you as always for listening to Kiss the guest of Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. We watched the All-22 and tried to give you some of our coaching and player performance notes from that performance. Now we turn our eyes to the New York Football Giants. Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, and the hopeful NFC East showdown awaiting the Eagles in Week 16. Giants first, Monday Night Football. It'll be the usual schedule for us, even though the game is a day later, so expect two preview shows at the end of this week. One offense versus defense, the other defense versus offense. If you enjoy the shows, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast. Don't miss the episodes by subscribing. Leave ratings, leave reviews. We'll read them. We'll laugh at them. We will like them. He's been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I've been Michael Kist on Twitter at NFL, That's K-I-S-T. Later this week, probably Friday. Friday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning. We will catch you.
0: We all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles Fly.
1: P-G-N-